Welcome everybody to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham Deweese and back with me once again are the three gang of usual contestants, the gang of one mind who often debates with me and we'll see if they can keep up tonight. Richard A. Michelson, the Ram, Brian, <laughs> the Soul Man, Solak, and that damn dirty duck. Is, is this a uh, is this a game show? No Emmys, no Emmys, no Emmys. Oh, no, it's a game show. You're being judged on yeah. every answer on this board that I have here for you. No it's, Emmys, come on! It's coming up. Here we go. All right, so of course we got Richard Michelson back. He's our Sounders expert. We're going to talk a little Sounders. Mostly, what we're going to do is complain about the Seahawks. And by complain, I mean dig into, uncover, figure out what's wrong and where they need to go in the future. And uh, as I open this as a blame show, let's start with the blame. Who gets nice. the lion's share? Mm, let's go to you, Sylvan. Who gets the blame for our loss on Monday night to the Saints? I would say, uh, obviously, Pete Carroll, because he's a head coach. But also, I mean, the offense, the offense sucked. I mean, we, we looked. I'm just going to come out and say we look like shit on Monday night on offense. We played terrible, um, except for one 84-yard yard touchdown pass to to Mr. Metcalf. We we didn't really move the ball the rest of the game, and we missed a couple field goals. And I, uh, okay, you're you're expanding the scope of my question. I'm sorry, he's explaining what happened. Yes, <laughs> it, it falls. I want to go with your initial coach. your initial Pete Carroll. Yeah, go yes. tell, tell me. Tell me what you didn't like out of him specifically. Just a game plan. I mean, he, I, I really don't want to blame our new offensive coordinator just yet because of the pieces that he has. I mean, he has Geno Smith, who's God awful at quarterback and we got running backs that are Alex Collins. That's hurt. And Mr. Penny, who doesn't know how to be a running back because a waste of a first round pick. So, so, I mean, just, you just got to blame so he's putting the wrong person. He's putting the wrong personnel in wrong personnel. in, yes. And, and then, and, and then it sounds like you're not blaming Shane Waldron, the offensive coordinator, rich. Um, you yeah. talked about this last week. You're on that ship. You're at the wheel. You want to hoist the sails and set Pete Carroll adrift. Is he meddling? Is, is Pete Carroll meddling? Yeah. Why would Pete ever do that? Yeah, well, I was going to say, like, actually, I, I wish Pete would meddle. I mean, he's been a football coach for a really, really long time at a very high level. You'd think he'd know some things, like the fact that you can't run the same offense with Geno Smith that you can with Russell Wilson. Like the fact that you need to max protect a lot with Geno Smith. Like you maybe should try to establish the run a lot with Geno Smith. Like this is this is going to be old school grinded out mid 90s early 90s late 80s football. You're hoping to win 20 to 16. Not, you know, these uh, let Russell Cook 35 to 42 uh shootouts. Like you just can't win that way with the personnel you have, with all the injuries you have and with like uh, a defense that is not good. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, I'm going to catch back. No, no. The gonna... defense isn't good. We've got a, a, a strong linebacker playing uh, safety who can't cover at all and has forgotten how to blitz. Well, wait a minute. Hang on. I, I was going to come back to this, but no, let's do this, Rich. Okay. Let's do this. 
You yeah. give up 13 points. To the Saints. Yeah. That are starting Jameis Winston. Well, I mean, Jameis Winston is a professional. Jameis Winston is barely he's an prof- NFL player. He's a professional quarterback in the league and has been in the league for a while. I'm not saying he's great. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer, but he's, he's terrible. A, he's adequate. I mean, he, he, he couldn't even go to NFL Europe and, like, throw for more than 2,000 yards. Okay, he's better than Geno Smith. That's, uh, hy- that's hyperbole, sorry. and you're right. He is better. No, Solak, go on. He, the guy has more knowledge of the game. He knows when to throw to no. whom, and he knows when to call the right play, and nope. he knows when to run. And nope. yeah. well, who won? Who won? Who won? And who crowd. didn't? Matt, go ahead. Who won? And Sorry. who didn't? <clears throat> um, I think you guys are putting too much blame at the feet of Gino. I think Gino has done an, a, a great job. I think he's. I think the reality is the failing is the offensive line, and the failing is the game planning. And I do think. I do think Pete is meddling. I think he's restraining the uh, offensive coordinator, limiting what he can do. We don't have any running backs that are that are, are great and that we can rely upon, and so we should be calling a passing game. We're not. We're still trying to do the same physical offense that 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 Pete loves. And our our center, our center got destroyed like fifteen times this game. And and Gino had like half a second, if that. Any quarterback would get sacked a million times. Uh, our, our, who was it? Was it Jones that was stepping in for, uh, Damian Lewis? January. He sucks too. Or not January. Uh, Jamarco? Jamarco. January Jones Jamarco, is the actress, yeah. isn't January it? Jones is a, <laughs> she's a James Bond. Very different. I oh, wish yeah. January Jamarco Jones. Jones might do I would, yeah, Jamarco she might, might really distract. She might she, distract the offensive or defensive lineman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, she, uh, she, she probably would distract them longer, um, than Jamarco does. Uh, and, and so the offensive line was failing all over the place. Yes. It's one of the best run defenses in the league. Um, and they have some amazing talent on that line, but we, they weren't even slowing them down. They weren't even like making them take three steps around. They were just going through our guys. Mm. Brian, and, Brian is correct. Brian is correct. It's both Pete Carroll's fault and Geno Smith's not a good quarterback. No, he's and better than Jameis Winston. I would take him what? Jameis Winston any day of the week. I 100% disagree. Look at the Giants quarterback this year. He threw, I can't even think of his name. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Yeah. yeah, he threw for over 400 yards against the Saints. Yeah. The, the new quarterback for the Carolina Carolina Panthers threw for almost 300. Sam Darnold. And, yeah, and Geno Smith. Uh-huh. Can, he, they he both can have offensive for, lines, Brian. They both have offensive, offensive uh, lines. Oh, come yeah. on. No, 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 uh, no. They do. No, 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 no. Geno Smith, Smith did the same thing that Russell Wilson did. He, he got happy feet. And he danced yep. around because he's a he's a less talented clone of Russell Wilson. That's why they brought him here. Make no bones about it. That's the reason why he beat out everybody else is because he can run an offense similarly in practice to Russell Wilson. Yep. So they don't have to change up the playbook. And that's smart thinking in the its totality. Is they haven't adjusted the game plan to the personnel that we have healthy. Okay. Yeah, well, that's a Pete Carroll. That, that's, that's what yeah. Brian's saying. Is that's that's what Brian's saying is that we Pete should Carroll be throwing play. more because we don't have any running backs. We have a third down back, and I haven't seen anything from the other guys. Alex Collins was amazing last week, but this week he was a ghost. Uh, Rashad Penny, I could run further than Rashad Penny. I mean, I'd die after the first tackle, but I could probably get more yardage on total on the game than he than he ever gets, and and. I still don't know why Dallas is or what's his name is on the is even on the roster. DJ Dallas. DJ Dallas. Uh, Homer at least has a purpose and he's really good at third down back, being pass blocker and 
and and screen pass catcher. Um, but we don't have a running game, and we need to switch it up. And we have two of the best. We probably have one of the best, if not the best. We have one of the best dynamic duos at wide receiver, one and two, and we should be using them. And DK Metcalf make, made that catch in the first quarter, and it wasn't until like five minutes into the fourth quarter where he got targeted for the second time. That's a game plan failure. That's not necessarily Geno's fault. Yeah. Uh, was this a winnable game? Yes. Yes, right. because uh, the Saints weren't trying to win. Okay, go ahead and go ahead and start, Matt. Uh, so the, Saints, the Saints weren't trying to win. It was really a matter of when they'd get around to trying to win, and then they, they finally did that. Now, there's got to be – that's not it. What, what was it, Rich? What was – like why did the saints win was it was it a winnable game for the for the seahawks first I mean, of all sure. yes or no but yeah. to, sure, to, matt's, the saints are to a, matt's point saints are a mediocre team to matt's point they weren't trying to win i mean i think that's a, a bit of hyperbole they're not a very good team but they do have a very good coach who is adaptable and um i mean as far as matt goes i would agree like you know integrating the short passing game um, using the third down back appropriately on like third down back type runs, screens, draws, like and and Brian Brian tweeted this last night during or uh, the other night during the game. Like, why is it that like whenever we run a screen, our guy gets destroyed or the ball gets thrown at their feet? And every team this year that's run a screen against us, it's like this huge chunk play. It, it it's it, it's inexplicable to me that professional football players get suckered as badly as they do on screen plays. Like I, I just, I just don't understand it. Cause there are, there are key tells like you can, you can key off of what people are doing. Oh, wait a minute. They're letting three of us into the backfield all of a sudden. Hmm. This must be a screen. Rich, you, I know you read the bill Walsh book. You, so you yeah. probably know where I'm going with this, but I'm going to lead you with these questions. Sure. So, the screen is intended to do to stop to stop what affectation from the defense. What is the I'm basically sp- blitzing and pin back blitzing, your ears? Exactly. Rush. Other teams aren't blitzing the Seahawks. They're getting past us with four guys. Or three guys. Or three guys. So they have more the- to more to the point, Abe. I mean, like I'm not saying that we're gonna get chunk plays, uh, it, but it's kind of an indictment. In my opinion. If you are consistently giving up chunk plays on screen passes, it's because your defense is badly coached and not disciplined enough. It's a, it's a discipline. It's a discipline thing. It's not a talent thing. That's a, like, that's a like effort and want to, right? Like it's (laughs) not a, it's not a, um, it's just inexcusable on the, on the defense's part um, consistently throughout this year. But also like, it's more about, can you do different things? Will you do different things, right? Just think about this, Abe. Um, when we used to play NCAA football online, the oh, big no. league, right? <laughs> I was extremely predictable as a player, right? You you saw me light up a formation. You're like, yep, this is a power to the right. Nope, this one's a going left. Okay, but it's still a power. It's still a power, right? Like I love my power, my power uh, draws and my power of play action, right? Like, and I got blown up a lot on those things, right? Because I came so predictable. It's getting to the point where I watch the Seahawks offense line up in a particular formation and given the down and distance and where they are on the hash, I can predict like one of three or four plays, and if I can do that from my couch, 
professionals who's actually scouted and done film study on the Seahawks tendencies probably can do the same thing. Yeah, no, that's been every Seahawks podcast we've had for the net last two years. Uh, here on here on Podbean and Spotify and iTunes, uh, Seattle Sports Union. The we're, we're always complaining about that, so we are in complete agreement with you. But I want to go back to the fundamental question: Soul Man, was this a winnable game? Yes, it was. And yeah, if it wasn't for the mistakes on Monday night and for a shit shitty quarterback, I think we would have won. I mean, what was it in the fourth quarter? We had a offsides or something on a field goal and extended the drive for new yeah. Orleans that, that put them up 13 to 10. We had a, they were also driving and we had a, a rough, I think it was a roughing the passer call. I mean, stupid plays down the stretch we played on defense. I mean, I, I thought our defense played pretty well, except for the pass rush once again, but I thought our defense played pretty well during the game. And then we missed field goals. Well, that's so the next question. You're jumping ahead, so let's just go right into that. All right. Um, was the defense better or was it an illusion? Is that That's what I wrote down. In my opinion, I thought it was better. I thought they played pretty damn good on, on Monday night. Yeah, I mean, and before before we go to the uh, the peanut gallery over here, who just said a couple of minutes ago, it's, it's not a good defense. I'm going to agree with you. It was so much better. 13 points is all you allowed. And again, you're discounting Jameis Winston dude at Tampa Bay. Yeah. He threw a ton of interceptions. Did he throw them to us? Not that many. Did he throw uh, for a lot of yards? Yes, he did. And did he win the game? Oh, you betcha. Matt rich. Tell me about the defense. It pushed the Jameis Winston thing out of your mind for one second and look at it from a personnel standpoint. Were they better I think they were. Were they better from the last week? Yes. So they they the last handful of weeks, the last six games. Okay. Yes, they, they did. There was improvement. However, the whole first half, they were basically ignoring the, the best player the Saints have, which was concerning. They did make an adjustment to their credit. They did make an adjustment in the second half. Uh, and they double covered him a lot because there was no Michael Thomas on the field. So they didn't, the receivers core was not as talented. So they, they could, they could spare the guy to put on Kamara, but, uh, or Kamara or however you say his name. Kamara. Alvin. Yeah. That's, Alvin. that's a Norton thing, isn't it? Um, how he didn't yeah. predict that. You got to scheme for it. You gotta, you gotta be prepared that he's there. He is their offense. Say what you want about James Winston. All he had to do was get the ball in his playmaker's hands. That's what he did efficiently. He got the ball in his playmaker's hands. His playmaker went off and made plays. And mm-hmm. we were clearly not ready for that halfway through the first half. And it showed with the stats. I mean, the dude had, what, like 100 and something, 30 yards in receiving and like, you know, 40 yards rushing against us in the first half. And it was like, holy crap. You know, he was all over the place. Yeah, he had about 200 combined yards. Rich, um, Russell, number three, Danger Russ, mm-hmm. is being rushed back. What do you think about him? Uh, making an immediate return in week 10. Stupid, stupid, stupid. And maybe this is the boring opinion, but like Russell Wilson is a, as long as we don't screw it up and wreck him, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Okay. You, You don't mess around with Hall of Fame quarterbacks, especially since most quarterbacks are actually playing longer and deeper into their careers, well into their 30s. Um, and I mean, he has had a talent up until this point of being healthy. 
Like he is a small dude playing in a really large dude's game. And he's up until this season, he's started 16 games every single year, you know, plus all the playoff games that, you know, he's been involved, that the Seahawks have been involved in, in his, in his era. So you do not mess with that. It's stupid. It's like rushing back Ken Griffey Jr. in his prime. Um, you know, it's it's just not you don't do you don't mess around with something like that. You know, it, especially on your throwing hand, like the thing that makes him really valuable, throwing the ball, right? Don't, don't, don't you don't mess with that. You'll pay for it later years. It's it, yeah. I mean, uh, the best example I can I can think of is I saw it earlier this year with um, in baseball with the San Diego Padres with Fernando Tatis Jr. They like he injured his his throwing shoulder, and they're like, oh no worries, we'll bring him back and we'll put him in the outfield or something like that. I'm like, dude, you just signed him for 14 years. Uh, maybe you put him on the shelf and realize that you're going to need him the next 13 years. You know? It's not the same. It's not the same though, is it, Matt? I don't. I mean, it's we don't it's, have Wilson to a fourteen-year contract. No, we don't. But and he's already said he's already said there's going to be there's going to be some trade-off down the road. It, it, it's going to it's going to come back to bite you in the butt. We we have Russell Wilson as long as we want Russell Wilson. Well, there's. I mean, sure. we can franchise him if like if worse comes to worse, which is like a terrible way to play the oh, game. But but more to the point, Russell will be a Seahawk as long as we want as as long as the Seahawks want him to be a Seahawk. He will be a Seahawk. And more to the point, he's a Hall of Famer. You don't mess around with Hall of Famers' careers. Like, and especially in, in this season. This season is a lost season. We're two and five. We're not making the playoffs. Yeah, this team this isn't good enough. The coaching isn't good enough. Like, at this point, like, I say fire Carol and, 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 and move on. But, if you're not going to do that, then this season is about development. This season is about seeing who can play, who is going to be, you know, part of the Seahawks next year and the year after that. Right. God, I'm just looking yeah. at, I'm looking at Solak on this screen and he's, he's about just to getting, just jump right through the screen. Brooding. Great. You can tell. Go he's for just, it. Start attacking. He's about ready to exp- let it out. Let it out, Brian, before you explode. Come on. Let us know how you feel. About the status of our team. I mean, uh, not the status of the team, but specifically the Russell Wilson conversation. If he's healthy enough, I think he needs to come back and play. But if he's not healthy enough, then I think we need to rest him a couple more weeks. I mean, obviously our season's done. We're not going to make the damn playoffs, but I think we need to move on from this Geno Smith bullshit and go to Jacob Eason or sad to say, even go to Luton. I mean, I mean, Smith is it going to help develop these kids? Why might as there's, well try Eason? There's talented, like free agent quarterbacks that have actually succeeded at the NFL level that are not signed, mm-hmm. and any one of them would be. I'd be willing to try any one of them. I, I actually kind of agree with Matt that um, I think Geno Smith's kind of gotten a raw a raw deal. He's been very misused. Um. Abe thinks that he has happy feet. I mean, he does have, he would happy, have happy feet, feet too. Literally, if you're if the center of the offensive line will not block anyone for you're more than about for your life. second, yeah, um, you got to stand in that pocket, sir. No, you got to yeah, hit. You don't. Then you, you get sacked. You got to hit the. They played. Okay, the Saints played a cover two defense, and the same thing. Same complaints we've had about Russell Wilson 
Geno Smith's doing the same thing. He's not hitting that that short tight end curl, and he's not hitting the running back out of the backfield. Time. He does have time. Fuller snaps the ball. No, no, Abe. Gets the ball into Geno's hand and then falls on his butt as the guy runs right past him. Abe, I've been watching football a long time, and I'm I'm going to go into the old old man get off my lawn thing. (laughs) Okay, Okay. Boomer, give it to us. I read cover to cover until the covers fell off of my paperback. Bud Wilkinson's how to play offense and how to play defense coaching books, right? And he taught, and he has a section on how to watch football and how to know if like what's going on and how to enjoy that and how to evaluate things. And basically he says that you need three seconds in the pocket. He's as a had that. To to he re- has had look. that. Hush. It's my turn. You'll, you're the host. You'll, you'll have your turn. All right. You three seconds, <laughs> three seconds in the pocket. Please tell us more about the triple option. Reasonably scan the field, make a decision and get the ball out. Anything more than three seconds is a luxury. Anything less than three seconds means your offensive line isn't quite doing their job. Anything less than two seconds means that the offensive line is absolutely atrocious and you're going to lose the game and you deserve to. All I can say is Geno Smith completed one pass for 84 yards and he completed 11 passes for 83 yards. I think that's shit. And I think so, it's I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. And, and, and I don't disagree that, you know, finding someone else there, but no quarterback. I mean, I don't care who you are. Tom Brady can't win games if he has one second to scan the field and throw the ball, like, you can't, you're missing an, an, a factor to Geno's game that isn't being used. And he, I don't know it's if it's by dis- factor. It's a run game. He can run. Yes. But West Virginia problem. If that's you, not if him. you saw him at West Virginia, he has that ability yes. and he has fresh legs and he had it against the Steelers, but like, that's where a was scheme thing? That's, that's the, that's the offensive I agree. and Pete saying, no, I agree. Yeah. I'm not in disagreement, but it's also a, a factor where maybe he just needs to say, screw this. I'm taking over. And he hasn't done it. Gino can't do that. He's a backup. He doesn't yes, have that. Kind of pull. Yes, he can. No, he, he can't. You, you can't he's make on a plays tight leash because he's, you a can't backup. make plays because your coach coach told you not to make plays. Is that what you're no. saying? But you run the plays that they that they go unless you've got a legitimate objection of uh, of of the coverage oh, guess, or whatever that the defense is. I saw it a up. good half dozen times. I saw it a good half dozen times. He could have ran, he could have ran, and he didn't right. do it. You were at the yeah. game too, Abe, weren't you? Uh not the not the not the, oh, not uh, the Saints not game. Not this last no. game. Okay. Yeah, he had to work. I, I I will I will just say this that uh, going back a long time that. As long as Pete Carroll has been with the Seahawks, this, except for like two seasons when he had the offensive coordinator that everyone hated, um, the Seahawks have not really been uh, a creative, a creative offensive team, right? They, they, they don't, they, they kind of have a very bland, very conservative offense and, um, Pete hates for his quarterbacks to run, even even Russell Wilson. Right. If you're backup running, if you're backup quarterback, you need to do something. Well, it, no, I I don't disagree. It, I'm it, just it, saying that um, I I really think that he is meddling. I think he's keeping things on a tight leash. I think that he is like scared to death of turnovers. But but by the choices he's making, he's making his guys have turnovers. Right, like. I mean, honestly, this this offense could work if 
four times a game, you max protected. And the only person you put in the pattern is DK Metcalf. And you said, Gino, I want you to throw the ball as damn far as you can and let DK go up and get the ball. That right? style, like, that, that, that's ridiculous though, because that style of football hasn't been in play since the boomer Sison days. Like that, that, that is like, bring it back. Me? Like that's you what don't... Tom Brady and uh, Randy Moss did through like 2007, like the whole dang year. No, 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 there, no, no. Because some, who, there was, who there did was he like always five have? touchdowns that year that were literally Tom threw the ball as far as he could. And, and Randy Moss outran yeah, and jumped everyone else. And who did he have underneath? He had Aaron Hernandez before he started sure. killing people. My um, point the... is that you have a superior athlete in DK Metcalf uh -huh. who can just boss people on occasion. Yeah. No, I get it. I'm not saying don't throw the long bomb. I'm saying don't be looking for it every single time. I like said four times been. a game, Abe. Four times. Okay. Four. Just four. That's reasonable. Well, it's kind of ridiculous fundamentally when they won't target him twice in well, the first half. Oh, when, when it goes three quarters <laughs> without him being targeted at all. Yeah, I mean, it, it's totally ridiculous. More my point is that there, there doesn't seem to be an actual game plan. There doesn't seem to be any willingness oh this isn't working let's change to that so um but back this, to the original question well no i gotta go back to my point though my, my point is it's not a one-man show but my, my, my point is that you got tyler lockett also you have mm. gerald everett very yeah. competent tight end yep. and you have you know travis homer out of the backfield you have like it, there aren't it's not a bunch of nobodies and then dk metcalf I mean, it, 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 there's other skill players on this team uh, and we just have zero idea how to get them the ball. And I, we just instead want to throw it to him. We want to, we got to throw it to him. And I know. You got to have time, but Pete still wants to run we the run, running game when we don't have any running backs and we're right or back a line that can block for him. Well, we're right back at first down dive play, second down draw third down third and 12 you know? and and throw long and 1% of the time succeed soul man. I got a question for you at yes. two and five, uh, in the NFL, that's less than a 10% chance of making the playoffs. Uh, is this an end of an era? I mean, is this, is, is this an anomaly and we'll get better next year or is this it? Or is this, you know, after seeing these first seven games, of, I mean, if you ask me this at the beginning of the year, I think we still have the chance, but I think it's an end of an era. I mean, we have too many bad contracts. We don't have enough draft picks. Um, you look, you look at the offense, you have Wilson, you got two stud receivers and a bunch of people getting old on the offensive line and running backs that can get hurt all the time. We got a defense that has, we signed several good pass rushers, but they can't seem to do jack shit. And Jamal Adams is overpaid. I mean, he's got the talent, but he's overpaid. So I, yes, I think it's an end of an era. If I, I, I don't think it, we're going to be good for a while. This is an what audio podcast. This is an audio podcast, so nobody can see how much uh, Solak's entire house is shaking as he's pounding <laughs> his fist anger. in anger. Uh, no, so what you're seeing here is the end result of a team desperately trying to keep its competitive window open and and spending the draft picks and and trying like hell to get the hail mary players like Jamal Adams and and try and keep the keep that rolling. And the reality is is that 
unless you're a really, really, really smart and lucky organization, you're going to have periods where you got to You got to kind of shut down and kind of rebuild or at least re reload, so to speak. Um, I think at this point it's two and five. It's time to pull the plug on this season. Like Rich was saying, this becomes a developmental season. Find out what you got in the backups. Find out who, who you're going to keep moving forward. Make some trades coming up to this deadline that's coming up this next week. Try to get as many draft picks as you can for whoever. Who do you want to trade, Reload Matt? in the draft. Who do you want to trade, Matt? Uh, well, make it realistic. Make it realistic. Make it realistic. Well, apparently LJ Collier has some interested people. Um, I'll take a seventh rounder for him. I don't care at this point. <laughs> um, you know, see, see who, what people want. Um, there might be interest in, in giving Penny a fresh start somewhere because he does have first round talent. Maybe somebody wants, knows how to use him properly. Uh, you know, um, hell, maybe somebody knows how to use DJ Dallas. He might have some value, uh, entertain, entertain, uh, thoughts and see if anyone wants, uh, Tyler Lockett at this point. I, 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 I'd see. I'd be willing to just entertain and, and see. Um, some other players that I would consider, anyone on the defensive tackle position, I'm done with that entire entire crew of people. Well, when you trade people, I mean, again, I'm, I'm saying be realistic. I mean, you're going to have to give people something that's going to help them get into the Super Bowl. Yeah. So well, I'm talking about I mean, I'm talking about Bobby Wagner. Uh, yep. And Wagner, Ty, Tyler Lockett. Wagner, I wouldn't move on. Hang on. Tyler Lockett, I agreed with you, Matt. What, Brian, what were you saying about I was going to say Bobby Wagner. I think that was the first choice I was going to say. That's somebody who we would need to move if we're going to try to build for the future. What's, what's, your, ration, what's your rationale about why would you move Bobby Wagner? He like is he, that defense he is, is the Bobby defense. Wagner. Yeah. Does he? He's, he's, but if we're, if we're rebuilding on that defense. Go, go ahead, Brian. What were you going to say? If we're, if we're going to try to re, rebuild, restock the team and, Bobby Wagner's getting at the point where he's only got a few years left. Why not? If we can get value for him, trade him to a playoff contender, what, I, I would do it in value? a heartbeat. Well, I think, I think you yeah. need to decide for a third of all, round pick gonna... or second round pick. I don't, we can get something good for decent. Well, I think, I think what you need to decide, first of all, is you need to decide, are we going for the reload method where we step back for like one year and do a lot of drafting and, and some creative free agent stuff? Or do you do a full teardown? It's the NFL. Because the reality is, it's the NFL. You don't do teardowns. You well, the reality is, is that how long is Russell going to want to stay? Because yes, we control him as long as we want. But do you want a player here who doesn't want to play here? No, you don't. Right. So I mean, at this point, hell, I'd even consider find out if anyone wants Russell. I agree. I know it's crazy thought, but no, it's not great. It's, it's it's not crazy. Sample the uh, test the market, see what's there. It's not crazy. I mean, it's, it's a matter of you have value. Uh, I mean, you brought up the LJ Collier. I mean, like cool, but it's a seventh round pick, you know, I'll take it. Um, I mean, seriously, I'll take it. But you know, if you're talking Russell, that's a first round pick. If you're talking Bobby Wagner, you're right. So like, that's probably a third round pick. Um, and Bobby Wagner, you released $17 million off the payroll. Yeah. Yep, that's would give us a lot of flexibility in the uh, in the off season to to redo our secondary and yep and uh, we really need for the love of God we need a defensive tackle that can add some push we, have, we need to go get a nose tackle that exactly. can really really generate push in the middle of that defensive line mm-hmm. and we need a center for the love of God we haven't had a center since Max Unger we yeah. need a good center you need an anchor in the middle of that offensive line we don't we haven't had one in years yeah, yeah. I, I I agree with a lot of what you're saying. 
on the Bobby Wagner just side of things, if uh, obviously he, he is making a lot of money and it's a big hit on the salary cap that I think is, but if you are going to tear down the whole defense, you have to have some pillars, some foundation to build something on because while you can do the, the Dallas Cowboys in 1990 when they had like 27 draft picks, right. And just, hope that enough darts hit the dartboard that that turn out to be really good talent, right? Uh, this brain trust does not believe in the draft, does not believe in doing anything like like that. Uh, they, they, they This is a group that has consistently picked weird, like, defensive linemen and tried to make them into offensive linemen. And, like, I, I appreciate the creativity and whatnot, but, but this is a... If we're doing a teardown, you need to have a foundation of something. And as much as Bobby Wagner costs, he is something. But I would I would say this. If you're keeping him, I don't think that anyone else has to stay. Like you could tear you could fire the rest of the defense and move on. Um that's your heart. Your heart is saying keep Bobby Wagner. Um, well, I mean a how, how recently a was he a, a pro bowler? A 32-year-old, and yeah. your your boy, your boy, Rich. He your, is my boy. Yep. Your guy, no, your guy, Billy Bean. Yeah, says to trade a guy a year too early before a year too late. Well, that That's a year your too guy. early was two years ago, so we're past that. Yeah. Well, so get rid of him now, then. He's seventeen million dollars. If it's but you too, don't just if like, it's a year too he's late, he's only worth ten. He's a depressed asset. My point is, is that he might actually be more valuable actually playing for you. Grooming the young guys you're going to bring in. Uh, Yeah. Depressed asset. Or picks. Depressed asset. Get him Zolak. Zolak. Jacksonville. If we lose to, if we lose to them. Oh man. (laughs) What Uh, is the likely outcome? Uh, We'd be losing to Daryl Bevel. Just so you know. (laughs) That's the, that's the offensive coordinator you guys hated. I couldn't remember his name. That's the ultimate insult. Would we be, if we lose to Daryl Bevel, that's now that's the ultimate sadness. But what's repeat your question. What's, Oh yeah, no problem. Uh, so like, what is the likely outcome for this team? If they lose to Jacksonville, I mean, do heads roll at that point? Yeah. Yes, they should roll. I mean, I, I seriously doubt it though with Pete Carroll and John Schneider and the way they run the organization. And I guess I shouldn't fault them for that because, They've done pretty damn good over the last 10 years, but it, I would say head needs a roll because Jacksonville and the Jet, well, and the Jets are the two worst teams in, in the NFL. And we, 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 even when Geno Smith at quarterback, we still have the talent. We should be able to beat this team on Sunday, but we're 0 3 at home this year, too, and which makes no sense at all. But Matt, do you have a rebuttal to that? I was going to say, I'm, I, what comes to mind is it, I feel like we've kind of been spoiled. I mean, we've forgotten how it's been so long now since that we've been good. We've forgotten what it's like to be the, the worst in the league. And, I, and I'm reminded of um, Nebraska university of Nebraska college football. They had Bo Pelini and he was their coach for like eight years. And every year you could set your watch to it. He'd win nine games. It was very consistent. He ran it good team. They won nine games every year. They just never could quite get to that next level. And so they fired and well, they that happened at sense. Nebraska. But it's like, I'm ne- wondering if we're kind of in that situation now. I mean, yeah, it's a down year at Nebraska. They had Frank Solich. He won a championship and then 
Uh, he had one bad year, and they were they wanted yeah, to fire him. It, it, I mean, but he but he always won nine games. I mean, you look at his yeah, record; know, it was right. very consistent, uh, very Seahawks, good, and that's Seahawks, what Carroll has been for years. Seahawks, very by the way, good. Seahawks, by the way, were twelve and four last year. Yeah, I was. But, I was actually. I was actually thinking that we had had a worse run. I. I, I had to go. I'm. I'm pulling up the team encyclopedias off a of Pro Football Reference here, guys. The Seahawks since 1999 have missed the playoffs. One, two, three, like four, three five, six, okay. seven years. Wow. Okay, that's more than I thought. Yeah, it's a, it was a little more than I thought. But also, like, we had streaks of five years in a row in the playoffs, and then five, another streak of five. And last year was three in a row, right? In the playoffs, right? Uh, we really should have done better. Um, in the playoffs, in my opinion, um, uh, given that we we're twelve and four, and twelve and four should be Super Bowl contenders, right? Like, yeah, so we're we're, a, we're spoiled. But question, Rich, torches mm-hmm. and pitchforks time. If if we lose to Jacksonville, uh, if we lose to Jacksonville, absolutely. Jacksonville is is a dreadful franchise. They've not been good since Maurice Jones Drew was on the team and Mark Brunel. Uh no they made different eras but yeah, anyway yeah um well they had one peak with Bo- had, with Bortles yeah they had one good okay. year with ten and, ten and six once in a um ten years in, in in a series of years where you have five two four three five three ten five six one and one wins <laughs> is not being good that's just getting lucky okay well they had that's an amazing lucky. defense and Bortles somehow was actually <laughs> adequate that year well he had well they, they ran, reacted by trading he, away their entire defense you got to remember well, he, they he all they did is ran, line that could protect him and so you got to remember all they did was run leonard fournette that year they didn't even throw yeah, the ball yeah that's true too yeah <laughs> defense but they, but they had an game. amazing defense and what they did was like like number three in the league or something like that and the the, the response was in the offseason and over the next year was to trade away the entire defense yeah mm-hmm. it's like well okay so you guys had something great going and you immediately tore it down. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think if we lose the Jaguars, yes, it's, it's, it's torches and pitchforks time. It's, I think it's time for us to move on from Pete Carroll. Um, I'd keep Shane Waldron to be honest, or maybe um, it depends on who you bring in as a coach, but uh, I think it's time for Pete to, I think the game has passed him by and, and it's time for fresh blood. And Here's my question time, though. Time to, to, to get some draft picks. And Is there, we is there it. an owner that's going to do that? Kind of an absentee owner. Yeah, she yeah. is no she owner. It's really like what the, no, there like, there is a, an owner. There's a group. Well, no, a no, 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 the board. No, yeah. no, no, it's straight up. Um, it's Paul just Allen's her sister. Yeah. Who is it? Um, what's his name? His uh, sister. Oh, Paul, Paul Allen's sister. Paul Allen's sister. Okay, I forget her name. So she's jo- been an absentee Jody, owner. Jody Allen. I don't think she really cares. She doesn't. Um, she's shown that with her absenteeism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, that's a problem. Um, and you know, it's like the Mariners with bad ownership, you know, they're going to continue to suck until they get some owners who care. Um, you know, I mean, unfortunately Pete probably won't get fired, but there probably will be some heads rolled that if Jack, if we lose to Jackson, we lose to Jacksonville, that's just embarrassing. I'm, I, I, I just go back to, I, I just go back to this whole thing. Like, Man, the one thing like I don't want is what you said, Matt. Like we fire Carol and we're right back in the 1990s. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's like straight up like decade of fecklessness. Yeah, but it, I mean, I'm I, the problem is is that we don't we don't really know in the front office what's going on. I hear constantly that Pete Carroll has the real power, and and John Schneider is kind of just his coworker and buddy. Oh, yeah. that's not a rumor. Um, that's not is, a rumor. Is that's it really the, that's is it really that dynamic. I think so. Pete Carroll's always been. It's always been known that he's. Yeah, I mean, this is, so, this is the home, the early Holmgren era, all over again. Yeah, and really, if Pete is staying, um, nothing's changing. No, no. My my point is that if Pete is staying, he needs to be fired from the the GM and president of operations, and just be the head coach. Yeah, I'm. I and have I a real a real GM come in because I think that I think that he can do the job at an adequate level, but I, I don't think that he is very, ha, has been very good at the talent evaluation other than, you know, when they caught lightning in the bottle with the three hall of famers in the backfield. Yeah. It's, um, it's, yeah. And then, you know, he got lucky with, I mean, they drafted Lockett as a, as a kick returner and yeah. he got lucky there. And then with DK, I mean, the dude had some injury concerns and that's the only reason he fell to us. Um, and that was just kind of luck too. Uh, you know, I mean, it, yeah, the draft, the last, the, and the drafts have been so bad. I mean, just real bad. Yeah, I mean, especially the front, the front of the get a real, I, I like the idea of, of at least limiting Carol's duties and restricting him. So firing him from the president or whatever job, getting in a real GM who will then run the draft and run the scouting department. And, and Pete can give his input and tell him what, he, what kind of team he wants. And the GM goes out and builds it. Uh, because there's no shame in admitting that a coach can't be also be the GM. I mean, if, how many coaches have tried it and failed at it? Only Belichick is the successful one, as far as I, I can think of. I mean, yeah. not very many. Too much. But Belichick is again like, Belichick is actually an, an excellent leader and, and delegator. Like he is the GM. He is the, has the final say, but he he's not the one figuring out the salary cap. He's not the one figuring out like how to squeeze like get the most out of the resources and whatnot. He's just the one that has to make the final decision. Um, whereas it seems like Pete is trying to do everything. Yeah. Well, and, and, and even Belichick, who is arguably debatably one of the best coaches of all time, uh, you know, he's, he has his weaknesses. He is not able to scout receivers mm-hmm. like any, I mean, yeah. at all they've missed on a whole, oh, yeah. whole lot of receivers um and so he's got weaknesses and pete carroll has the same has the same weaknesses um you know not necessarily the the same thing but he has he has he has holes to his his evaluation and and so i think there needs to be a restructuring of the office front office at least bring in a real i like the idea of bringing in a real offensive coordinator i mean offensive uh gm um or just fire them all start all fresh are they gonna do do i like I like what little I saw of his offense. I like, and I liked what I saw when he was with the Rams. Maybe keep him, but Ken Norton gone. Pete Carroll gone. Uh, I'm, I'm Schneider gone. I'm, I'm done do with it, Ken though. Norton as a, as a, as a, as a. He, he's failed up basically. Demote, he's got demote a, him back to the linebackers coach. Which yeah. He was good there. Well, and, he was and a I even say associate head coach is fine. Like, but he is not a tactical guy. He's not good at tactics. Well. Let's move on. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. Okay. I feel like this is going to be the show for the next 10 weeks. <laughs> Fire everybody, wrong. trade everybody. Uh, let's gotta, talk Kraken. 
Uh, actually, no, I want to talk baseball. Okay. Yeah. How about the master? It turns out uh, people who called them cheaters were wrong. No, actually, they were proven to be correct. No, they're, ruled that they're they still cheated. good. They're still good even when they're not cheating. Oh, they have talent. No one ever contested oh, no, no, no. that. They have but they did extra cheat. special talent. They, they did. They're really good. <laughs> it was conclusively proven. And, and they can win championships. They, can, they just won a pennant, right? Uh, Without, who cares? That that's because correct. they have one of the best managers in baseball who's never won a World Series. Uh-huh. Only, if Astros oh, I win, I'll, I will get... I will give a standing ovation to Dusty Baker. That's the only reason why I will fight you for that. What what about all those (laughs) teams that threw at him and all the fans of those teams that threw at the Astros and, and and they cheered Oh, now they have to watch them in the world series. It's just so (laughs) funny. Every single one of them still wants the ball thrown at them and still is rooting against them. (laughs) Yeah. But the Braves are smart. The Braves aren't going to do that because they want to win and not be some sort of policeman. Braves are really underrated this year. They're really good. I'm very impressed with them. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I love, for the record, I love Jock Peterson's pearl necklace. I don't understand it. He was in it, He was asked about it. Yeah, and he said, because I want to wear it. No, let's get off that subject because I know <laughs> I know what that's about. Um, the Braves were they who you thought they were? That's a like pointed question at some of the people on this podcast. Can, who, can thought, start, who, who thought? Who thought? Who well, thought that they played in a weak division and did not deserve their attention? I'm. I'll. I'll start there. I thought. I mean, they lost one of the best players in baseball, Ronald Acuna Jr. for the you know for the season, got injured what in June, and 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 their team basically went downhill. But they made the right moves at the trade deadline. They acquired four four players who made a huge impact on this team, and and we're outfielders. They're outfielders, yeah, and they even lost (laughs) their one of their best pitchers like early in the season, Soraka. To I don't know if it was Tommy John or what, and. I mean, I props to these guys. These guys were one and, and they won in the September when they should, and they kicked the Dodgers ass. And I mean, come on. Yeah, that they did. Yeah. That's what, that's what the Mariners should have done. Uh, yeah. Okay. Ben um, I, I also want to give, I want to give him a shout out to Charlie Morton. Yeah. Uh, last game or was the last game or the game, the first game, game or one or game, game one. two. It was game, game one. one. Yeah. Game one, he had there was a comebacker line line drive hit him in the leg, broke his tibia or fibula, one of those, and he stayed in the game. And he was the leg that he was pushing off of while he was throwing. He was throwing ninety six mile an hour on a broken leg. He got the next guy out to strike out. He got the the next guy after that to fly out. Went and sat on the bench for fifteen minutes. Came back out and struck out Jose Altuve and then left the game. Jose the cheater, Altuve. Yeah, Jose the established oh, no, cheater. No, no, no. He Altuve. hit that home run without cheating and defeated defeated the Braves. But anyway, uh, Matt, you just wasted your shout out. That's not cool. Okay, that's fine. I mean, uh, the man. The, I just want. You're still going to be asked, but He's you have awesome. to come. He's amazing. Hang on, you're still going to be asked for a shout out, but it can't be that. He's a 38 year old. Are you even listening to me? Miles an hour Are you even leg. listening to me, Matt Page? No, you're not. You still have to do a shout out. You do not get to use that one. I'm sorry. Are you talking? Have, What's going on? You have to come here? up with another one. And the Astros, this is a rich question, rely oh. on a stellar bullpen. We haven't seen this kind of baseball since the 90s Reds or the 80s Athletics or even the Cleveland the Cleveland Indians Guardians from about four or five years ago. Um, this is the baseball you love, right, Rich? Uh, it is. And you, you forgot the, uh, the, the 2000s Mariners had a stellar bullpen. You got to the sixth inning and you had a lead with the Mariners and it was 
Rhodes and Nelson and Sasaki, though Sasaki would give you a heart attack. Um, but no, like, uh, you know, I don't know why people don't like bullpens. Um, and I mean, starting, I'd, I'd rather have great starting pitching, quite frankly. Who are you pointing at? Abraham. Yeah, you're pointing off the screen. You're pointing off the screen, Matt. Oh, okay. Well, on my screen, I was pointing at Abraham. <laughs> Point up, Matt. Point up. Anyway. <laughs> okay, um, now you're pointing at the recording. So, like, the issue with bullpens is this, is that um, you have a small sample size. It's hard to it's hard to evaluate if bullpens are actually really good or, or not. It takes time. Um, but, I mean, yeah. It, an out's an out. How you get an out doesn't matter if it's a, a big-time starting pitcher or – you know, a, a, a nobody from AAA who turns out to be a, a stud reliever. Like, I don't care. I think you're neglecting to, to mention the Tampa Bay Rays and what they did last year. Yeah. They're, that bullpen carried them the whole season and it carried them through the playoffs. And then they decided to put their starter out there and pull him in the in the fifth inning when it was really, really dumb. But anyway. Are you, so you're arguing against your own. No, I, li- I like the statements. bullpen. I think they're great. I, I love bullpens. I'm, I'm, I'm all on board. <laughs> I'm 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 all on board for use your players the best way that gets you wins. If that's using the bullpen, fabulous. If you've got stud starting pitching, keep that in the game. Don't pull it early like in say the World Series last year, because that's stupid. Oh, so you mean adapt to the team that you have instead of some? That sounds philosophy. roughly like some team yeah. we were just talking. That sounds about. like pretty much yeah. every sport. Yes, sounds yes. familiar. Adapt to the team you have. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Irrational biases aside, because I know Matt's still mad about the Dodgers losing. Okay, let me finish my sentence. What am I so mad about, though? I would, let me finish my sentence. Okay, finish your sentence. Don't interrupt. Did you finish You're your You're interrupting now. You're interrupting this very second. Now, shut up. You know what? You don't even get this question. I'm going to Solak on this one. Uh, putting Matt's irrational bias aside, how does the rest of this World Series play out? I... When, when I look at the the ALCS and LCS, I mean, I think it comes down to the pit. I mean, the pitching. If the pitching, whatever team's pitching shows up in, in the next few game, in a couple of games, if they can take the the three to one lead in the series, I think they're going to win it. I mean, I, obviously, I'm a Red Sox fan, but I'm mean, using this as an example. I mean, the Red Sox took an early lead, and everybody thought that they're going to beat the Astros, but the Astros' young kids stepped it up. The starting pitchers they threw seven innings of limited runs allowed and their bats got alive. And so long story short, it's with the, whoever has the best starting pitching that shows up. Yeah. And who would that, who, who do you think, you know, again, take your biases out of it. Like, is that the Braves? Is that the, is that the uh, Astros? Who's hotter right now? Who do you think? Like- uh, unfortunately, uh, I'm going to say the Astros okay. because I think they, they have the better chance. All right, Rich, we can't let you go without uh, Sounders talk here. Um, okay. Um, but, but just before I'll, I'll just say one thing that it's, it's really wrong every time. Um, unfortunately we've seen the, the Astros in the world series, what three times now. And every time I see the Astros in the world series, I'm like, why are there two national league teams in the world series? So anyway, it's, it, it just, it just seems wrong to me that the Astros are in the American league. Okay. Go so Braves. when you watch, when you watch the Seahawks, are you like, why aren't they in the AFC West? <laughs> no, I mean, football has had a lot more like divisional migration and rejiggering of like how things are organized over its history. Okay. What about the, Brewer- um, what about the Brewers? I mean, the Braves were an original national league franchise going back into the, 
like the 1800s. Sure. But I mean, what, what about the brewer- how, That's how long. What about the, brewer- the Sorry, the, the, what about the Astros. The brewer- what about the Brewers? They made the jump before the Astros did. Uh, they did. I don't know. <laughs> it, it just seems I, I didn't think it was wrong with the with the Brewers as much as with the the Astros, but whatever. It's just it's just funny. It's it's a side aside. But let's talk some soccer. Soccer. All right, Seattle Sounders three game losing streak. Uh, Sounders were in first place. Did they pump the brakes needlessly, or is something else going wrong? They did not pump the brakes at all. Um, if you think that the Sounders pumped the brakes, then. You are the world's worst Sounders fan. You don't understand Brian Schmetzer as a head coach or the ethos of the team at all. That was that was the Seattle effing Sounders. They want to win everything. I think Matt Beach must have wrote that question. And uh, <laughs> like Brian Brian Schmetzer in this press conference at, at halftime and then and then after the game said that he was livid about how they played in the first half against uh, LA on on tuesday night and um no this this is this is the uh this well, is the result of missing their best players for long stretches of the game uh, of the season playing more three week or three game weeks than any other team in major league soccer and the fact that if you go down the the list of players on the first team roster you will recognize every single one of them because every single player on the on the first team roster except for the third string goalkeeper has not just started a game but has like contributed significant meaningful minutes throughout the season all of these guys have played the sounders have had to go deeper into their bench than any other team in major league soccer they're just tired is really what this boils down to. So will Sporting KC overtake them? They got two um, games Sporting KC has technically overtaken Yeah, they have. On, t- on tiebreakers. Okay. Um, Sporting Kansas City has one more. Um, they have one more game to play than the Sounders do, which could theoretically be an advantage. But you have to play an extra game at this point in the season and everyone's tired. Um, so I, I think that there there's a possibility that uh, sporting Kansas city does overtake the Sounders, but um, the Sounders have an easier schedule uh, finishing off. Um, and the Sounders are actually getting reinforcements here. So would you like some good news? Yes. Yes. Nicholas Ladero, the captain, the talisman, the man that changed this franchise from the hall of very, very good to truly elite uh, hedgeman in the in the in the Western Conference. Um, uh, Nicholas Ladero is back. He played about f- uh, about forty minutes um, on Tuesday night and looked good. Looked like himself. Um, he also took a few hits and popped right back up. So it looks like he is. If he's not a hundred percent, he's like ninety-five. He's good enough to to go, and certainly in better shape than he has been at this point in the season. Most other years. And Jordan Morris. Gets, Jordan Morris is coming back. What's that? Yeah. Morris has been traveling with the team. He's gotten the clearance to play. He probably doesn't have any stamina. My guess is he either plays on Monday. Oh, okay. By the Galaxy or the game after that. I think he'll be coming off the bench. He will not be a starter. He does not have um, 
you know, the stamina for it. And he's a sprinter and that, that stamina, like the ability to sprint, recover, sprint, recover, and be able to do, you know, 35 hard sprints in a course of a 90 minute match, like, like Morris has done historically, it, that is not realistic to expect, but the fact that you can have Raul Rui Diaz, who's also, by the way, back with the team, he should probably play on, on Monday or the game after that. He'll certainly be available if he's, if he's fit. Um, having Raul Rui Diaz, who's this annoying little niggling center forward who's going to pop up and run tirelessly and then find that little tiny what? crease of space and smash the, the ball into the back of the goal, coupled with Will Bruin, who is basically Carl Malone in soccer, beating up on your <laughs> center backs all game. Nice. And then Jordan Morris comes in with 15 minutes to go. Your legs are jelly and he's going to run by you like you're a stone statue. Like it's just not going to be fair for opposing opposing teams. And that's part of the problem, right? Rui Diaz uh, has been out. He's been out, and um, I mean, he got he got a, a a little niggling injury. He went away on international duty and got a, like an additional one, like he re-aggravated it. So he's been in Peru, rehabbing, <laughs> spending a little time with his family, probably taking a little mental break. There you go, Matt. Basically, there you go, Matt. With your, for ten months, Matt. Your um, players, your players on international duty again yeah there there you go matt there, there's your drum to beat and and i don't disagree and and here's here's I'll, I'll tell you what what annoyed me about it was that he never plays for them like he's an outstanding player even when he was in mexico right like maybe there's like a disrespect for major league soccer when he was in mexico and he was the leading scorer in mexico which is a superbly respected league worldwide he still didn't play he went to the World Cup in 2018 and sat on the bench. I think he got like a total of 15 minutes to play. <laughs> um, and he rarely plays in even the other qualifying tournaments or their, the Copa America or, or any of these other things. He basically gets called in, rides the pine, might get a, you know, one start or maybe 35 minutes here or there. Um, and he was injured. And so I, I just don't understand the whole rationale of why he was called in and why in this case, why the Sounders didn't make some creative exaggeration of his injury. Um, so, so the national team didn't want him. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a whole bunch of garbage to, to call in a player that's injured uh, to, to go play for national teams. They, they, Peru has such a deep bench, like incredibly deep bench. They should have just called in a, a, a younger player um, who's not injured. Right on. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us this week. I want to thank Matthew Page, Richard the Ram and Brian the Soul Man Solak. Uh, like we always do at the end of the show, we're going to do a little shout out. Let me go ahead and start the shout out. Uh, my shout out for today is this week is Connor Dewar, uh, center for Everett Silvertips, made his NHL debut tonight against the Kraken. Question. Yes. Can I ask you a question real quick? You went to the game, the Seattle Kraken game the other night at their new remodeled stadium. Uh, can you tell us, like, within a minute or two about your experience? Uh, uh, no, I can't tell you in a minute. Oh, okay. well, <laughs> we'll I mean, do, we need to do an entire okay, show for that. It, it was fun. But, I mean, like, it, 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 there, there's too much to talk about there. Okay, fair enough. Next time, I guess. Right on. All right, well, I'll go with my shout. I'm going to go with 
shout out to former Seattle Supersonic coach and player Lenny Wilkins. He got basically got his own street named after him today in, in front of the crack house. It's called Lenny Wilkins Way. I mean, <laughs> our future guest, the gas man, Mike Gastineau, sh- shared some pictures on social media today of Lenny getting getting the you know it's like a award in my opinion and pretty cool. And they showed George Carl and it, it was it was pretty emotional when just by watching these pictures. So congrats to Lenny Wilkins, well deserved. It is pretty cool. You're right. It's down there by Seattle Center. It's uh, Thomas Street that connects, I think, from 99 to. Okay. Uh, the center. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Next up, Rich. Sure. Um, shout out. Um, my shout out is to the Major League Soccer Disciplinary Committee <laughs> for completely flubbing the discipline on Kansas City uh, Sporting Kansas City goalkeeper Tom, uh, Tim Melia, who body slammed uh, Christian oh. Roldan, could have seriously injured him. Mm-hmm. And uh, got less of a punishment, less of a punishment than uh, if he had uh, gotten a red card in the game or a normal thing. Uh, so basically, just remember, guys, that a, a nut tap is worse than body slamming someone in Major League Soccer. <laughs> were they, real, real quick, follow up, real quick. Uh, were they limited in what they could punish him due to the player contract or union or something? No, no. Okay. They, Sometimes they, that's they the case. A, that's why I ask. You have the ability, uh, the disciplinary committee has the ability to suspend them two games, which is probably uh, about right. But Major League Soccer's administration also has a, a, the ability to go above and beyond that. There was a, okay. a player a few years ago that got a five-game suspension because he basically two-footed someone in the chest Ooh. with cleats. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah that would hurt. Um, and he got, I think, a five- or six-game suspension. He was one of the top-played players, played for the Galaxy. I want to say the um, guy I want to say the guy who ended Zach Wani's career got three games or four games, something like that. Yeah, three or four games because that, yeah. that was a super <clears throat> challenge. Um, just one quick thing. This is a situation not about results, like, was rolled on hurt or not, but rather about inputs of about was player safety, really. player safety, right? Like there are certain things you're not allowed to do, not because, well, no one got hurt, but rather no. like the chances are, you know, really high. So they need to discourage that kind of behavior. Yeah. Someone's gonna, someone's gonna get two footed in the playoffs and it's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. All mm. right. I have, I have two shout outs real fast. Number one, I want to give a shout out to the Washington State University for getting rid of a troublesome employee and moving on as they should have. And number two, college football, in case anyone doesn't get that reference. Yeah, everybody. Number got two, it. I will get. I want to give a shout out to the Padres for basically making them absolutely uh, a, a not threat at all for my Dodgers for the next three years. By <laughs> yeah, disagree, Melvin. disagree, boo. Yeah, Talk so that is good job, Padres, that is, by the way, throwing because the next Matt, three years. Because Matthew has an inability to give context to his situation, and that should have been during the show. I was explaining this. Not the shout-out. So this is the three-time American League Manager of the Year, one-time National League Sucks. Manager of the Year, Bob Melvin, former Mariner manager. Great manager, uh, and Dodgers are – that's the last time you'll hear about them for this year. Hey, you took away my shout-out. Anyway, Charlie Morton anyway, was my real shout-out. <laughs> I, I said, find something new, <laughs> and you failed. Um, but, <laughs> but this is the end of the show. Thank you, everybody, for joining us once again at Seattle Sports Union. Check us out on seattlesportsunion.com, seattlesportsunion.com as well. Check us out here on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes as well. Check out all our great social media posts on Facebook and at Seattle Sports U on Twitter. We'll see you guys next time.